Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Have you been practicing, Steve? No. I'm just drinking this sweet Trappist Roquefort. This stuff is from, uh, good. From uh, Grant from Big Ear Pedals. Oh, man. He sent us a bunch of beers. Yeah, we're we going to get this one. I think I'm going to crack another, actually get up and crack another one you in a should. couple minutes. This is so smooth, and it's got that like kind of like musty smoky german thing yeah i'm trying to figure out if i want to stick with the belgians or if i want to get weird because there's a bunch of like uh lambics and like gozas in there i say we stick with the belgians and we work our way through styles instead of jumping through styles Mm, you know what i mean yeah maybe just because i'm enjoying this one so i mean technically gozas are still belgian per se they're just like not you know what i mean there's just a lot of anyway thanks thank you grant yes he Cheers. sent me that box of pickups. He sent us a box of these beers. It is yeah. October. Should we be saying Prost? Prost. There we go. <laughs> I didn't make it out to Oktoberfest this year. It hasn't happened yet. The one that that we go to usually it's it has there, already happened. Uh, it's happening again this weekend. No, it was the weekend before and this past weekend. You missed it. I was told it was last weekend and then this weekend. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Are you going to go? No. Yeah. Well, then you're going to miss it anyways. Yeah. I would have well, gone, but uh, we had too much going on. Yeah. Well, I have. To, if I'm going to go, I have to like find babysitting, and that's a whole different yeah. nightmare. Oh, we so. were going to go with with uh, our mutual friends, and then they bailed because their whole family was sick. Yeah, it got rescheduled this weekend. Is that what's going on? Well, I say this weekend, like this weekend coming, which is actually af- before or. Well, don't get yeah, confused anyway. in the timeline. No one's no one's going to yeah, yeah. like schedule their Oktoberfest plans off this show, Steve. So you yeah. don't need to like. Yeah. Get into specifics. So what's new, Ryan? Uh, so much is new. Uh, what should I save for next week? Um, Do you want to save anything for next week? Probably not. Uh, I got that True Spring in, which yeah. was a fun surprise. I did a uh, it's a Source Audio took their outboard reverb and their long spring and short spring settings mm-hmm. from the Ventress and stuck it in its own box, mm-hmm. and they threw a tremolo in there yeah. with a bunch of different nice. settings. Uh, so they sent me one because uh, they really like my coverage of the uh, the outboard s- setting on the Ventress. Mm-hmm. I got to do a video. I'm going to do more videos with it. I'm really impressed with it. I'm going to do a shootout. Um, I got to use it live. Yeah. My band finally had a show. It's been like a year, which always makes me feel bad when I say I'm in a band when we haven't played in like a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we played the show that was in a in a business adjacent to a street fair. Adam's- oh, I thought you were playing the street fair. No, no, it's like adjacent to it, but you can see the street fair out the. Oh, so it's kind of like the windows. It's like when we played Bonita Fest at the church that was adjacent was to Bonita a, Fest. It was way cooler than that, and you could act like people walking through the street fair were actually coming in the door and, and watching oh, us, okay. rather than us being, you know, in the back end of a church parking lot on the same street, but like like an eighth of a mile away from a street fair. Right. Right. We were actually like facing out to the street fair, and people were walking up to the window, and we were like, like putting our faces against the window and like oh, teasing them and stuff. Nice. But it was a lot of fun. We jumped right back into being a band. Our music sounded great. We felt great. Cool. Had a good time. Uh, I felt bad because I mean, uh, bleeding into another what's new. That day was crazy. It was yeah. sa- It was Saturday. Uh, we went and met up at at Co Schneider's house from one day. From Flippin' Flippers podcast. And Flippin' Flippers podcast. 
And he had a bunch of other guitar podcasters over, ourselves included, obviously. Yeah. And we made made a great big day of just recording stuff. And then I left directly from there to go play the show. Yeah, I'm surprised you were not murdered in your sleep that night. It was pretty close. I abandoned my very pregnant wife with my four-year-old from like 11.30 in the morning to... 11 at night, 12 hours. <laughs> she was texting me the whole time like, you can't be gone this long again when I'm pregnant. <laughs> this is pretty rough. In the middle of our kitchen still being remodeled. Yeah. Also not just pregnant, but like at the very, very end. pregnant. Um, I honestly was would have bet money that that day wasn't even going to happen, that I would have been in the hospital. Right. Which is why I overbooked myself, I think. I was like, yeah, sure. I probably won't be able to do it anyways because I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> but uh, both things were great. I'm glad we did them both. Yeah, so it was uh, it was our show, Co. from the Flippin' Flippers. Both of the Tone Jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Pierce Johnson from yeah. the YouTube channel. SPJ. Sean Pierce Johnson, and RJ from Teletalks, mm-hmm. who um, I guess I, if everything stays scheduled, tomorrow we'll be dropping my uh, Teletalks stuff. Oh, um, which is either the keep it simple, stupid or the talk and tellies segment. I'm not sure which or both, maybe. Yeah, who knows? So there will be links to both his Instagram and his YouTube. I'm not sure which one he's dropping it on because I know he's doing a lot of shorter format stuff Yeah, for Instagram. But I think this might go go a little longer. So I think this might be on YouTube. But I'll, I'll post links to both. It's a good follow. It's a lot of Telecaster stuff. I had my red Telecaster there kind of talk through it a little. And uh, I uh, kind of I put together a short board for it, like a four pedal board. But we'll actually talk about that later as part of one of our topics. Mm. Um, my other what's new is I sold my DD three. Congratulations! Uh, put that sucker up on reverb. That one actually was the first of the reverb pedals I sold. I've got a bunch of other stuff on reverb right now. Oh, I was my, like, that's a delay, Steve, not a reverb. No, on and then reverb. I caught up. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> also, my fifty fifties up on reverb again. I dropped the price. Is it's, it under four hundred dollars this time? It's exactly four hundred. Oh my gosh! Come on! I should drop it under four hundred. It should be three ninety nine. I wonder if the original will go up in value when the new version drops. The new version just having new art, by the way. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I don't know that it will. Maybe I think, it'll go down in value. Do you think it will? The market will flood with orange fifty fifties. People who want to buy the new one, and then they'll sell theirs. We're not, I don't think we're making enough to flood the market, and the inner circle is going to have first pick of the new run. So, I don't think there's enough. I mean, I, how many are going to be in the new run? Do you know? Is it going to be like a we, run of 30? Somewhere around 30, okay. I think. So, there will definitely be more than enough left over because we haven't added 30 new inner circle people since the last right. run. But some um, people might buy them just, you know. That's true. Speculatively, That's true. is mm. to invest in the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the fifty fifty is Pelican Noiseworks' yeah. second highest selling pedal on reverb. Leon posted that, which is the other super day. weird. Yeah, because that's all used market sales. Um, and I think it's his highest value selling pedal. Well, on. that's just because one person bought one for three hundred bucks. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Actually, there are a few that sold like way above really? new price. Yeah, yeah. Someone, th- some other demo guy, I forget who was it. Bru- I think Bruce, Bruce Ryan, is that his name? Um, you don't know. 
but Ryan, this, uh, there's a Ryan I Bruce. Ryan Bruce. I feel bad I that think. I'm messing up his name. He does a thing where he like critiques people's boards that he sends pictures in. Oh yeah, yeah. And and someone sent him a board that had a fifty fifty on it, and he looked at it and he's like. It says 50-50 on it. I don't know what that is. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's good or that's, what uh, it is. That's fluff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. the guy who has a little cartoon illustration of himself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want an orange one, it's on there. <laughs> Just saying. Or you can wait until the next run comes out and test your luck. Yeah, or you can jo- join the Inner Circle. Yeah, and get you one get for one, a one Almost 12. certainly for sure. If you join the Inner Circle, you will almost certainly get one for sure. In the near future, I can't imagine that there will like that we're gonna sell out this run in the inner circle. I would find that very strange. There's usually there's usually like ten or fifteen left over after the inner circle gets their pick. I think this next run we will probably we will sell less than half of this next run in the inner circle. Okay, I'm not gonna I take mean, bets. We, with, I'm not gonna take bets with you, but it, it doesn't sound unreasonable. I, I guess I should say like I definitely think we will sell less than half at the at the inner circle price. At, okay, and then so if people, we do make more money at the inner, if if inner in the circle, inner, people don't buy them. If a bunch of people in the inner circle want to buy them at at like their full price because they're buying their second one, that's I mean that's up to them. But yeah, always flip. Yeah, it on I don't know. Reverb, you know. I think that covers uh, all the new, unless you got more new. I got the SL fixed up oh, that's by right. our friend Sean Hutchinson. Uh, I'm going to – I talked to our friend Cassidy about fixing it up to drop pickup trays into it, like making modifications to it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, this is a great idea. I sent him like specs and everything. But then I haven't heard from him since, mm-hmm. and I'm about to have a baby. So I don't know when this is actually going to happen, but I'm really excited to get the SL uh, running as a pickup tester and it plays decent now it plays better than it ever has honestly now that sean set it up with that new nut with the new neck on there uh the uh the fretboard radius doesn't match the bridge perfectly but mm-hmm. it's even with that quirkiness to it it still plays way better than it did before <laughs> so yeah i'm excited to get it up and running for sure and then also i did a kazoo video that yeah, is I saw blowing that. up on youtube it's always I've, – I've had that kazoo for like two years now. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, oh, I'll do a video. I'll do a video. And it's one of those things. Like the like the freaking Fender Explorer that I have. Yeah. Like I never get around to it. And then when I do it, it blows up and millions of people want to watch it. Not millions, but a couple thousand. Tens. I was like, why didn't I do this video? Tens of people Why didn't I do this video it? at the very beginning, you know? But then it wouldn't have gotten the traction it did now that we have – Better numbers that we do now, but you know what I mean. Elevens of people, but expect to see a, expect a lot more kazoo content out of me now that I know people love it so much. Every time you get a new pedal, it's just a, a guitar demo and a kazoo demo. The last, the last like playing clip in the video is me running a kazoo through it. That's what every every time you get a pedal, we should do a guitar demo and a kazoo demo, a kazoo demo, and, oh, okay. a, and a bass demo. Good idea, Steve. Let's a, just uh, quadruple my work by doing extra. So I do a keyboard demo, keyboard demo, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Do a voice you, demo you of my singing through it? Dude, that would be cool. Because I'm such a great singer. Get a, uh, get a, uh, like some kind of a... At one point, I my wife... shifting pedal. My wife can sing. At one point, I had mm-hmm. set up a, a singing pedal board for her 
that she could use like like a headphone right. amp. And I was like, hey, use this, and you can have some some fun messing around with this, like a little bit of reverb, a little delay, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of drive if you want to do like megaphone a DS1. Sounds. Yeah, threw a DS1 on there, stacked into a metal, metal zone. zone. Yeah, exactly. You know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> a, a rat. Two rats. Do we have anything else new? No. That's it, man. Cool. You're going to have to go crack another beer. All right. You want me to do that now? Yeah, do it right now. Right. So another what's new for me is uh, I bruised like a muscle in my rib cage or something like that. By ri- I've been riding a bike a lot just to get my kid out of the house. I throw him on the back of the bike or I go pick him up from preschool on the bike. And I was just like tweaking into the handlebars a lot harder than I should have. So I pulled something like right here on my sternum. But I've also been eating out a lot because of the whole uh, kitchen flood ordeal insurance is paying for us to eat out every meal because we don't have a kitchen and so i started having this pain in my chest today i was like oh my gosh am i having a heart attack <laughs> what's going on uh steve you just unplugged the light fix it there you go <laughs> so yeah i'm not eating as good as i should and i have a pain in my chest but it's unrelated but it still uh, scared me Wait, I thought we determined that you were eating great. I'm not eating great. Lo- I'm just you've lost so much. Weight. I'm just losing weight. I mean, technically, like if you're losing weight, isn't that kind of like a bad thing in a way? Isn't that your body saying like you're not getting as like what I would plan for you to have? Well, it depends. Just, I mean, it. De- I mean, I guess it just depends on whether or not the weight that you were at was a healthy weight. Oh, I'm an American, so. I mean, if you weigh. If, <laughs> Probably not. If you're five foot five and you weigh 300 pounds and all of a sudden you stop losing weight, yes, that means your body is what, not getting. What beer is this? This is the uh, Orval Trappist Ale, uh, product mm. of Belgium. That's good, but different good. Different than the other one. The other one was that, that smoky, musty, and this is more crisp and more citrus. But still has the German thing going on. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah I like it's that. It's like lot. a lighter. Tastes like Christmas. Uh, lighter thing going on. Should we get into some actual content? Yeah. First ad? You this think? first or ad you... was sent by Chris Skinner. Uh, this is a 1977 slant fretted Rickenbacker 481. I don't know why it's specified as slant fretted. It's hard to tell. I mean, with Rickenbackers in general, it's hard to tell Gosh. if there's any straight angles on anything because everything's like such a weird shape. Right. And the pickups in this are slanted, so it's hard to have anything to gauge it by. Like it's very tricky to like figure out if those pickup if those frets are are slanted at all. Well, I'm going to read this. It you says, read it, Steve. I hate to let this go, but here we go. Beautiful custom paint job. Original owner paints cars, and he did a phenomenal job. Hate it or love it, Gibson tremolo system was installed in the early '80s by the original owner. He has since lost the original tailpiece and truss rod cover. They can be ordered from Rickenbacker or an authorized dealer. I replaced the tone and volume knobs a few weeks back so it's all uniform. Thing plays like a dream. I'm regretting this more and more as I type this thing out. 1750 <laughs> takes her home. I'll consider trades, but cash is king and likely the only thing taking her home. Um, so, yeah, so this has a Gibson uh, trim on it. I believe this is similar to a... Um, uh, like a collar, is it collar or shawler who made the wonder tram, something like right, that? Right, right. Um, but they report, they he refers to this as a slant fretted 481, but as far as I could tell, all the 481s were like this. And I don't even know, so the fret, it's something weird where I believe the 
the frets are slanted to like the neck, but they're pa- still parallel to the, the, pickups. the pickups and to the bridge. These things are crazy looking. Yeah, so it's an original neck. This I'm feeling a little bummed out by the refinish on this thing because all the ones I'm seeing online in original condition have binding on them. Oh, really? And this thing lost the binding, making it look like an 80s shredder guitar. Yeah. It, I mean, especially paired with that bridge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe this one doesn't have binding. That's probably... Mm. You yeah, think that that's, one might not. Um, you think that's the one that this used to be? No, because it's got no, different frets. And this has the original pickups in it. So these are the original Rickenbacker pickups. Yeah. Um, I wonder if this actually sold for seventeen fifty. Um, That's a good question. It doesn't t- because it's on Facebook Marketplace. It doesn't tell it just us what the completed sold. listing. It is. says seventeen fifty takes her home, but I would assume this guy was open to trades. Yeah, he might have taken a, a trade or not trades, but like offers. Um, what do you What do you think? So my problem with this color, especially with this black pit guard, it's very uh, Buick, isn't it? It's very Mexican Fender. Oh, that's true too. This is a very, this is a like a burgundy, not burgundy mist, uh, midnight wine, yeah. Mexican Stratocaster, and especially this is like with the, the color black that they card. that they painted a lot of like eighties Cadillacs or like mm. late seventies Cadillacs. So yeah, maybe that's what happened. And the whole the lack of of. Uh, of truss rod cover is what really throws this yeah. off for me. Yeah, you need like, that truss cover. I mean, because the truss cover on a Rickenbacker isn't only the truss rod cover. It's like the whole nameplate. It goes the exactly. whole length of the headstock. Exactly. To be missing that, it, it's it's a little off-putting. Honestly, when I first saw this, I went before reading it, I thought that this was stock and it was some sort of like 80, weird 80s mod. Because it, yeah. it looks like... Perfectly like something that would have come out of a factory in the 80s. Yeah. Like I thought with that it was a collar style trim on there, double humbuckers, that uh, sparkly red wine finish, you know, mm-hmm. that looks like it's pretty thick. And I was looking at like, did they actually do this? Is this like Rickenbacker trying to be a, a metal guitar Yeah, in the 80s? One of the things that's tough too with all, like with Rickenbackers in general is the pricing is just oh it's bonkers bonkers um would you pay 1750 for this no never well that's something i wanted to discuss if you were going to drop that kind of money on a rickenbacker wouldn't you prefer to have the full rickenbacker styling like you're right. not going to would you get this over like a traditional looking rickenbacker cuz that's part of the attraction is the traditional look yeah i mean they're already funky in their stock state, why would you want? Why would anyone want this now over a standard Rick look? Is my question. Well, the flip side of it, like is, I could see wanting this in the eighties and being like, ha, "I took a Rick and made it a shredder," but I I don't get it at all now. Right? Like no one's gonna like laugh at this joke and be like, "Ha, that's clever." The thing with that though is. Oh, it looks like they did make 481s that weren't slant fret. So the slant fret was a is a more specific thing. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of the slant fret is a specific model, but it's actually it's very it's frequently called out as the the 481 slant fret. Sure. Um, 
on reverb. These days they just call them fan frets. It's the same sort of thing, right? It's not a fan fret though. It's not fanning at all. They just it, all the frets are slanting. All the all the frets oh, are okay. slanting at the same angle. Okay, it's actually that. I it's, see now. It's just off parallel, but everything I should be basically. But it kind of gives you the same functionality of of a slant fret. I mean, of a fan fret. It's off perpendicular to no. It's uh, I mean no. So it's off perpendicular from the neck, but it's still all parallel to the bridge. So it's still right. giving you the same. Well, it gives you the, fun- the same fretting distance. It's just giving you like a I weird. I know that there's the the benefit to a fan fret where it compensates the tension of the strings because there's different lengths. Right. But it gives you the benefit of a fan fret where when you get to the higher frets, your hand is at a more pleasing angle. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, So there's maybe. that benefit because up on the cowboy quarter area and the, and the lower frets, there's plenty of room for you to position yeah. any way that you yeah, want. Yeah, you might have like a little more room there. Um, so here's the thing with this being 1750. The cheapest slant fret on reverb right now is twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. So at seventeen fifty, this guy is basically already saying like, yeah, look, I know this is a freak guitar. I'm giving you like five hundred dollars off. If you're dropping big money on a Rick, do you compromise your desire for a Rick to get this this mutt? You know. I mean, I don't. I, mean, part, part I would of, want a tr- if I wanted a Rick, I would want a traditional you, style. And Rick. You, if you had the budget, you drop the extra four or five hundred bucks to get it, right? Sure, sure. This is a limited market for this thing. Is all I'm saying. I mean, that's only like that's only watching my stock values increase for like another three or four days because I'm super rich, Steve. He's back, super rich, Steve. <laughs> Prost. <laughs> we need to make a super rich Steve T-shirt. <laughs> So that I can make money off the concept. Nice. <laughs> All right, you got anything more on this? <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Uh, so today in gear news and news. If you're gonna rip off uh, the guitar nerds, you, you should rip off their current stuff. I don't know. Of what how, they used to I don't do. know what the new. The it just has like a big theme song opening, and then he goes news. <laughs> I don't. I'm, Those guys have been have been name dropping us a lot, and I don't want to jinx it and make them feel awkward by calling it out. Yeah, whatever. But, but they've um, been they've been mentioning us on the show quite a bit, and it makes me feel bad that we aren't talking about them, even though we love those boys, and uh, we appreciate it. Hi, and everyone should go listen to the Guitar Nerds podcast because uh, after you finish listening, to I mean, this podcast, we we if you oh, have yeah, time. after you listen to every single one of our episodes first, like yeah. go then go spend time on their show. Um, but it's like I consider them our sister show in a lot of ways, just in that like I mean we did come first. We are the older show at this point. Um, <laughs> but like we cover the used market and we cover that kind of world and they cover like the new market and yeah. like like they're always on the pulse of, of retail stuff. Except this time. Now we're, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it first. We're budging into your territory, guitar nerds, we're which bu- means I give you permission to cover one used thing on your show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel haven't they been covering more you stuff since Pat whenever Pacum comes back, he, all he does is pimp reverb. Well they well yeah, well they talk about used stuff when one of them comes back from Japan and they go to like That's true. all the That's fancy true. guitar when, markets, which I'm super jealous of. I want to go to Japan and look all at right, all the guitar. So anyway, markets. the line six helix HX Stomp was announced today. Mm-hmm. I believe today that being is the, Thursday. Thursday. I believe that is the full title of the item. Um 
This is, yes, yeah, the HX Stomp. So this is basically uh, Line 6 taking their eight, their Helix system and putting it in a, what is effectively like, like a double size M5. Pedal. Yeah, it's like an M5. If you guys remember the Line 6 M5. The thing is, is the M5 was just a modeler, right? Or was this just looks more, only, right? Yeah. This looks more conveniently sized to me than the M5 did. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks like it's normal pedal thickness. The M5 is super thick. Which made it awkward to put anywhere on your board. I wonder how much power this thing needs. Um, I'm sure it uses its own thing because it, right. it... That was part of my problem with the M5 is that the the plug stuck straight out the back and didn't have a right angle. It does say... Oh, it's 9 volts DC, but it's 3 amps. Yeah. That is... That's a lot of amps. Like two one spots. Yeah. So it's going to need its own brick. Um, Which isn't surprising. It's a, it's a computer, you know. But so here, I'm surprised it doesn't have the IC plug. Here's the thing, know? right? Like uh, it runs. It's three. It probably has a power brick that you have to stick under your board that's like that big, right? So it has a uh, 300 helix amps, cabs, and effects. You can run up to six banks simultaneously. I, I believe. Is well, the way I think it's it up. has all the helix stuff in it. It's just a helix, right? Right. right. Yeah. It's just a small version of a helix. It has a, a bunch of Line Six leg- legacy effects. Capacitive sensing foot switches with color coded LCD you know ca- rings. Oh, you've used a Helix, right? No. Oh, you haven't? But they, don't they have one at your church? Yeah, I don't use it. Oh, I have okay. my own stuff, bro. Do you know what it means by the capacitance? Doesn't that just mean it's like touch, like pressure you, sensitive? It's like one of those lamps you turn on by touching it. Right. Uh, so, like, you, they've got the foot stompers there, but if you touch it with your finger, then it gets into, like, you see in this picture here, you've got the Twin Harmony, the, the delay, and the tap tuner. And it corresponds to these three foot switches. Right. So you would tap that with your finger and it would go into all the settings for that versus you stepping on it, which would just engage it and turn it on and off. Here. Okay. So this is off topic a bit. Drop it on me, man. Um, the only thing I have you used a Helix? I've used it in passing. Like I used it in Germany and oh, okay. I used it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what David Hill has, right? Um, I think he was showing it to me and at Sweetwater. That sounds thing. right. So the only thing I know about the Helix is my worship leader has told me several times, if you ever want to use it, just let me know. I'll let you use it. And I'm like, I've got like a, a 10, 11 pedal board. So I'm like, well, I've already put this thing together. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to run with it. And then um, one of our friends used it one time and he goes, that thing's a piece of garbage. <laughs> and it comes back to like it like, was like his user experience, right? Yeah, because he because there was with an the issue interface. with with um like I think the volume pedal kept like segregating itself from everything else, so it would just not work. And oh, interesting. so and so like the volume would like just die in the middle of I don't know if he was like touching something or or whatever, but the volume pedal would just cut out. And so our worship leader had to come over and like reprogram it. And then it did it again. He's like, that thing's a piece of garbage. Why isn't like, I just rather have everything be discreet. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, obviously lots of people use them and lots of people love them. Yeah. I think it's, it's, you have th- to get your, case, it's really like a learning curve issue. Yeah. I, I get what's going on over there. Like having it and you guys using like, here, here use this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I mean, the line six guy in, at Germany was, basically educated me on how to use the helix and you know did a good job yeah i can't remember any of it now but he he ran me through it like oh yeah now that you show this to me in like 
20 minutes. Now I could totally get in here and make all my own patches and do my own yeah. stuff and understand all the routing and stuff. And I, and but I, if you just threw it at someone, like, hey, you're playing today, you're using this, like, it would be perplexing. Yeah, and to my worship leader's credit, he has said, like, if you want to come in, I've got all of my patches on it already. You can come in and use it. Yeah. And then um, you can, like, take it. You yeah. can, like, take it home with you to mess around with if you want to. So... Um, the thing that's funny about this, though, and this goes back to what I mentioned at the top of the show, is I kind of like – so I put together that Keep It su- Simple Stupid rig for Teletalks, and it's a Timmy, a 1981 Inventions Drive, right? Um, a Caroline Kilobyte, so delay. So it's drive, distortion, distortion delay, delay, and then um, a Quiet Theory Prelude, which is a delay and a reverb. Okay. So it's my this board is reverb, two delays, and two dirts, basically. Yeah. And you and can then, stack those dirts for your, your like a high gain yeah. sort of thing. And then I've got my um Palmer pocket amp on there, which is a a direct box yeah. all in one sort of situation. This this doesn't have an XLR output, it does have cab sim though. So my board, this four pedal plus interface board, uh was um, real quick, nine hundred and fifty dollars. Right. This Line Six HX Stomp is six hundred dollars. Is it six hundred? Did 600. you confirm that? I was able to. Somebody posted a screenshot from uh, Sweetwater has them on sale now, okay. and they had a discount code for Sweetwater. For so they were like, I could get this for five hundred dollars because it was like a fifteen percent off. I mean, thing. I'll I'll say like at that price point. This makes way more sense to me than the full Helix does. And it, and that's something I was discussing with... I mean, here's the, the point I'm trying to make uh, that I was discussing with the Line 6 rep when I was at Toman. It's like, I like to use pedals. Yeah. I like to use stuff that's like new or does something unique that, you know, the, the Line 6 Helix will never do because, mm-hmm. you know, someone invented a new way for you know, like a phaser to work or something like right. that, or like a fuzz with a really quirky setting on it. Uh, I like to use things that have various specific voices where like, I, yeah, I could use the loops in the full helix, mm-hmm. but I'd much rather have something like this. that can be incorporated to my existing board. Right. Well, and this still will do. For- and at that price point, that is like, that's like three pedals. That I would normally get. Yeah, and this is uh, still has four cable method. Yeah, it's got a um, loop so, in so it. So you can still. You it's know, got stereo through. You can pretty much use it as like a normal kind of a. It's got. An you ex- can use it however you want. You can use yeah. it in the middle of your board. You can like. It's got you an can, expression you can jack. Run, you can run a fuzz and then into this thing and yeah. then into your your modulations in the loop and then back into this thing and then output to your thing to your. I mean, and with I keep saying thing. Yeah, you your thing. Your, yeah, you know uh, your thing. Put it in your thing. Put it in your thing. That's the title Sixth of the show the right there. Um, so, you know, it, it's there's a lot of options there. Obviously, the thing that weirds me out about all of it is it only has three three switches. Yeah. Um, and you, I don't see – people who have already used the Helix probably already know how it's going to work. But I don't see an intuitive way to, like, switch through patches and banks. Right. And As like, it is right now, so it's like, do you have to? Do you have to have like a scene selected or like a bank selected, and then you just have control over those three settings on there, like, 
are you holding things down to go through banks? Yeah, or? there's a knob that is labeled page, which I would think is what allows you to like scroll through. But you your don't want to. You don't want to do that live. Exactly. So, so is it like a one and done sort of thing? You set up your one sound and and that's what you have. I mean, which isn't. I mean, for six hundred bucks, it's not the worst thing in the world. But I, that's my big question, and I'm glad you hit on that. Is like, can you bank through settings? How does that work? So that can you, you know, select different sounds song to song or within songs, you yeah. know, I know that you, with what we're seeing here, just with the screen grab, you can turn off a delay or turn it on in a harmony, but right. like the tap tuner and stuff. But I want to know about the rest, you know, I, you know, I, I think I'm guessing, you know, if you have, um, and are you going to need external foot switches to bank through things? Like, can this do Would it? Would that be like, well, you know? I mean, if you have like the MIDI, if you have like a MIDI yeah, uh, controller, wanna, you know, you get into that whole thing. I don't want to do that. Um, I mean, the, the, those are the negatives to me. Is the, Well, and we're, is we're the, saying that these are potential negatives because right, we right. don't actually know. But, but here's my big negative is the learning curve with this. We're like, I kind of like my pedal board to be kind of stupid. Right. In the way where it's like... I turn that on. I know what it's going to sound like. I do this. I twist that knob. If something goes bad, I just yank it out and stretch a cable over. We're like, you kind of have to learn the language of this Helix stuff or any multi-effect these days, really these multi-effect supercomputer floorboards that you get. Right. So just from looking at a couple different screenshots, I have a feeling, excuse me, the way it's set up is you're basically building a chain of effects. Right. Which are the different colored dots that you see on the LCD yeah, screen? Yeah. Well, that's how it is on and the then, full helix. And then you have just a specific couple effects in that chain that you can turn off and on, and the rest of them are just always on. Right. So the idea is that if you're building for if you're building um, scenes, for lack of a better term, that might be what they your, call them. I, your I think set, one of these systems does use scenes as yeah, the I terminology. Don't, I don't know if this is if yeah. that's this one. Uh, pages, scenes, whatever they call them, um, that basically you would say like, okay, for this song, I'm going to use this sound and I'm going to have like a foot switch to turn the fuzz on and off because I right. want fuzz on the chorus but off, but otherwise I'm using everything the same for this whole song. Like I'm only changing this one thing out. So maybe if you're doing like some, if you're going to, you know, if you're, if you have songs where you have like, 12 effects that are not even 12. Like if you have more than two or three effects that you need to turn off and back on and on, on a single song, then maybe you're limited by this. Um, cause you only have the three switches. Yeah. I don't really know. And this product literally dropped today. I'm sure other people already know how the system works because they're already familiar with the helix. And this, this is just such a dumb topic for us to be talking about, but it's like, I don't know, maybe, it's. I think it's a legitimate concern for us to like wonder how this thing functions and how it'll function in a set. Yeah. Like I had the I had the M5, and just its user interface was non-functional for me, and so much of it was non-functional for me in a like live sort of setting the way I use stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something about this where I'm just like, ah, yeah, I wouldn't really use it. But then on the other side, like this thing is is a a good size. The dimensions look good. Yeah. Barely bigger than a normal double-sized pedal. Mm -hmm. Does a crap ton of stuff for an attractive price. Uh, I thought the uh, the amp models in the Helix, when I got to mess around with it, sounded very decent. Cool. Lots of good sounds in there. 
Uh, I mean, the only thing I couldn't uh, get it to do uh, that I'm partial to is, you know, the spring reverb sound. Right. But I've got all sorts of pedals that do that now, and this can work on a board. And we're both running direct now when we play at church. Yeah. And, like, the amp models would sound better than what I'm probably doing now with the uh, with the new X. What are you using? Oh, you're using the, that for to go direct? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we should get one of these and mess around with it. I think there's a lot of people who have been Helix curious but kind of turned off by the price point. And also it's like um, I think that who the, would do something smaller that that would incorporate into their rig. Right. I think that's the intimidating thing too. Like I mean the 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 meme in the different groups we're in or the joke it's like, oh, selling all my stuff to get a Helix. Right. We're like, I don't think most people want to sell all their stuff or replace their entire rig or their entire board to get a Helix. They want to still use the stuff that they like, and they want a Helix. And so this is for that person. Yeah. And it makes a ton of sense. And that price is pretty dang good. Yep. If it has the functionality, if it is 600 bucks. I'm sorry, that's tempting. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was on Reverb for 600. So, or not Reverb on Sweetwater. Yeah. So I know the original Music Radar price I think was 840. That's probably. But if Music Radar says MSRP or whatever, it might have been MSRP. So. Or it's in, uh, you know, no, some they, foreign currency. They listed US and oh, really? and I think either pounds or pound sterling or euros. Hmm. So they did list two prices. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to see how this develops. I want to see uh, videos of people using it. Maybe we'll get one and figure out how to use it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, could be cool. Could be cool. Oh, uh, do we want to jump into other stuff? I, I was thinking about backtracking into the what's new. Or do we have anything um, else to say about the Helix Stomp? I don't have anything else to say about the Helix Stomp. I'm trying to figure out where you're going to backtrack. Uh. My band played a show. I ran a stereo rig for like my first okay, time. Okay, I was trying to figure out why you took two amps. Yeah, I took. I posted this picture of like everything I brought to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I already had the katana in my trunk. Right. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to trust that to do everything because I don't know what the space is going to be like, and I know what like works for my sound. So I brought the acoustic 150. But I left the uh, katana in there, and I threw a splitter on my board. And I run. I ran the katana like side stage, pointing across the stage, okay. so that it would beam me and uh, my guitarist and my bassist. Mm-hmm. It worked out really well, and it sounded really good. I'm kind of thinking maybe I should just get a second katana and run those in stereo instead of instead of hauling the uh, the acoustic around. Right. Even though the acoustic is beautiful and sounds great. Mm-hmm. In a live setting, it's a lot to haul around, and these katanas are so convenient. Yeah, <laughs> they're so freaking loud. Too. Yeah, when you said like, "Oh, I'm bringing all this stuff," and I'm like, "It's all getting used," like because I know you used to, um, wasn't I know for at least like maybe your previous show, uh huh, um, you were bringing like an extra amp for some like for somebody in your band to use because they like weren't bringing their own. Oh amp. yeah, I. I brought the katana when we played Tiki Oasis uh, for my guitarist to use because his other, his his amp is a bandmaster, mm. and these shows happen up in hotel rooms that are right. Super, so it's like, like you have to get up. Big. It's like way too big. Yeah, you have to get up staircases and stuff with yeah. them. So I brought the katana and it, and that functioned perfectly. But that was in a little hotel room. This was like in a, like a big warehouse. 
Right. And I was running the katana and the acoustic at the same time, and it sounded great. And it sounded great, especially having uh, my playing beamed more directly at my head from the side so I didn't have to crank the acoustic and you know murder the audience with mm-hmm. it. So I was thinking about that just because I could throw this on my board and have quick stereo options out of it. You could you is know? the katana open back? It is. You could just throw this in the back of one of your katanas. But I need the rest of my pedal board. Oh, yeah. I'm saying this can be pedal board friendly, you know. I don't know. That's my caveat there. Gotcha. Do you want to jump into other stuff? Yeah. Um, Do we have any housekeeping? Yeah, no, we got some sponsors to talk about. Oh yeah, sponsors. Uh, this show is sponsored by Gun Street Wiring Shop. Uh Gun Street is great guys. Is Gun great Street guys. Gun Street is great guys, says Steve Rowe of San Diego County. Long silence. So anyway, if you are looking for something traditional like a classic Les Paul 50s wiring setup or a Telecaster Esquire type wiring, uh, hit them up. If you want yeah, some- put a Telecaster Esquire style wiring in your Les Paul. It's a good idea. They'll do it for you. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> put, put Les Paul wiring in your Telecaster. If you want something modern with coil splits, push-pull pots, phase, phase. phase changes. Yeah. Uh, if you want something in between, a little bit of a hybrid setup, hit Gun Street uh, Wiring Shop up. They will set you up with something you need or just go check their website out and see what kind of options they have. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. A ton of people on our Facebook group have been getting Gun Street harnesses, which is yes, they have. always is impressive to me that we have that amount of sway and we can con- convince you guys to spend your money on stuff. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like everyone's wow. really, really happy and really excited about them. Yeah. And can confirm the things that we've said about them. So well, if you don't trust the, us, uh, go ask the group. The like wiring schematics they send out are great. They're yeah. really easy to follow. Basically, if you know how to solder and you know how to read, you can do it. I mean, my my thing still is that I mean, Ryan I mean this did is it. a long this is a Ryan long sponsorship, did it and he can barely solder and he can barely read. <laughs> so there you go, here, here, testimony. Here's my thing: I can I can rewire any guitar I want to. I can download schematics. I can do it all. But it takes me like a full Saturday to rewire like a less, right. like a, my SG. It takes me a full Saturday to do that. And I'm always backtracking and having to fix things that I did wrong. I swapped out all the wiring and dropped in the Gun Street harness in a lunch break. Mm, yeah. Like that's that's the selling point in my opinion of buying a harness. Like it's just a time saver. And time is something I don't have right. a lot of these days. So I don't think I'll ever – rewire an SG all by myself ever again. I'm going to get harnesses for sure. Uh, this week's episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Uh, if you're looking for a cable with TechFlex, go check out Sinusoid. TechFlex is you this should uh, be looking for a plastic coat. Like It's not a coating. It's a sleeve I mean, that goes right over your cable. It's great. It makes your cable f- slide around all over on the stage. It make, keeps everything nice and loose, and it feels very solid in a very protective way. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. I love my TechFlex cable. I've said it before. I'll say it again and I'll say it right now. I'm never going to buy a stage cable again that doesn't have TechFlex on it. Yeah. Uh, Sinusoid has a bunch of pattern options, a bunch of colors available. Uh, if you check out the TechFlex website and you see something that maybe Sinusoid doesn't have, uh, shoot them an email and maybe they can hook you up. You might be able to convince them you to never carry know. a new color. They, they might, you might want something and they don't have it and they're like, huh. We don't have that yet, but maybe we should. Maybe we could promote that and sell a bunch of it. So we're going to buy 
some. You know, who, you knows? Know. who knows? Who so, knows? Well, I mean, we're making promises for our sponsor, and they haven't cleared it at all. So yeah. who knows? Uh, so head on <laughs> over to uh, sinusoid.com. They make cables. And smiles. All right. Hey, Ryan, I got a question for you. I'm ready to answer your question, Steve. Have you replaced your soldering iron yet? Not yet, but I should. All right. uh, I mean, when the uh, when the kitchen finally gets done and I can clear a lot of this extra junk out of the garage, I've got a bunch of projects I need to work on. So I am going to need Ooh. a new soldering iron. Uh, jump on the group or here on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, comment to me uh, which soldering iron I should get because I should replace my busted the answer asshole is, uh, soldering Hawko iron. FX888D. Ahako FX888D. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely remember that, Steve. All right. Uh, this <laughs> next ad was sent in by Chris Sutton. He says, while perusing stands at a local arts fair this past weekend, I stumbled upon these gems. The owner describes his guitar. Guitar? Uh, <laughs> guitar approach as a concept of finding music in peculiar everyday objects while challenging himself to shape the objects into stringed instruments the asking price is 125 dollars for each guitar which is what the builder claims he has invested financially in the projects unknown are the quality of parts sourced for these ventures the quality of the build or the functionality of the final product uh, also available for purchase were a series of kalimbas carefully crafted from receptacles including cigar boxes tin cans and similar small structures what's a kalimba do you know thumb piano I think oh, we can see gotcha. them here. That's what those are. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first two guitars here are kind of standard fare for your well, like flea market arts craft thing. You've got a suitcase guitar and you've got a bedpan yeah. guitar. No, that's not a that's not a suitcase guitar. It's a briefcase full oh, of blues. Okay, okay. That's not a bedpan guitar. It's, it's the Stratocrafter. <laughs> we get bedpan guitars sent to the show all the time yeah so i will say like as soon as i saw these uh i would thought like uh, uh yeah this, whatever this again I well then we go to the next picture yes and i'm like hell yeah like memories nostalgia waves over me mm -hmm. i'm like do i need this guitar in my life this is incredible it is a guitar neck attached to a gateway pc keyboard and it's called the QWERTY 2. Yeah. He says earlier that... Um, I mean, this is... He's not sure. He's like, I'm not unknown or the quality of the part source of these ventures. But I'm pretty sure that this is a high-quality mechanical keyboard that was sacrificed to build this guitar. Well, it's one of those keyboards that looks very, like, late 90s, where they're trying to style it after, like, the dashboard of, like, a Saturn like minivan, right. it's you got know? all these extra buttons on it, and like the smooth, like like uh, ergonomic, like round, eggy shapes everywhere and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely like a blast from the past for me because, like, I grew up using these kinds of keyboards on the the pickup crappy gateway computers my dad would pick up from Fry's. You know, the pickup on this uh, QWERTY two, it blends in perfectly. It looks like it's off of a first act. It's got that. Well, I was gonna say bub bubbling the, going on. The the bedpan guitar looks like it's a first act neck. Oh yeah, it does. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's grabbing parts from first act. Yeah, that's a first act pickup for sure. This is the one that took me from ah, this is interesting to we gotta talk about this. Is our next uh the, picture, next one the this, flying V. Yes. This is the best flying V I've ever seen. Yeah. Is yeah. it the body is made out of like giant a plastic model of a fighter jet. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, Are you F gonna give me the jet F14. model? That's an F fourteen. That's an F fourteen Tomcat. 
Uh, does that does it say that somewhere, or are you just no? New? I just know because that's the only. That's the one that buzzes your house every day. I don't want to say it's the only, but it is. Uh, it is a um, adjustable wing. This is the Top Gun aircraft. jet, right? Yeah, because it's got yeah. those wings. Yeah. yeah, this is the guitar that you want when you need to cruise the danger zone. And you've got a need for speed. This is a guitar you want when you're playing a show and you want to take everyone's breath I away. I kind of wish it was Blue Angels themed. Oh, my God. I know that's a different jet, but. It, you, the Blue Angels used to fly these, oh, I really? believe. Yeah, like 20 years ago. Is this an old jet, Steve? They don't fly them anymore. I know. I know that Top Gun's an old movie, so it must be an old jet. But I do kind of miss seeing these fly around because we're right. We live immediately adjacent both steve and i yeah to the base where top gun was filmed mm-hmm. like i'm on one side of it you're on the other but the jets are like a constant part of Gosh. our life dude the air show last weekend i was dying <laughs> well you're right under the, the path now yeah. like we got them a couple and times i was, and like, I was like, g- like oh there they are how, I was how like charming gone most of the weekend too so it wasn't as bad as it was for my wife um but i was hearing them a lot my wife. all of a sudden like friday morning uh, I, at, at my office, I just started hearing what I thought was construction. And then I realized there is no construction worker whose um, use of a uh, hammer, like a, was it like a hammer drill? What they, what they call it? Yeah, sure. Um, like an air drill. An air, like, is that consistent? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, because the, that is the uh, ground assault demo where they're like blown. Oh, up, yeah. They're blown up all I the could bombs. Hear, I could hear that over here on Saturday. Yeah. They like set off charges in the landfill that's on the other side of the base to make it look like the jets are dropping bombs. Yeah. I could feel it in the ground. I was like, poof, 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 poof. Yeah. Poof. I was just sitting at my desk, like, and I was like, what in the world? Did you ever see the the clip of the local clip of of Kenny Loggins on the beach? That's no. who recorded Highway to the Danger Zone, right? Yes. So there was this uh, helicopter that had to make an emergency landing in Del Mar, mm-hmm. and on the beach where it made the landing, the news crew showed up to like cover the 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 event. Yeah. Who was on the beach? But Kenny Loggins himself. You can find this video on YouTube. Uh. And the news crew went up to him randomly like, hey, what happened? And he starts quoting his own songs like, hey, guys, I'm Kenny Loggins. And it was Kenny Loggins. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw it coming in. It was coming hot and fast. It's coming in on the danger zone. <laughs> he starts like dropping references to his own song. He just happened to be on the beach oh my and witness this thing and get interviewed by the news. I need to watch this And he now. just looks like a regular dude on the beach, you know? <laughs> Sorry to sidetrack so hard into So the real question with talk. all of this is... Welcome to 60 Cycle Hum, the Jet Talk podcast. Would you pay $125 for any of these? If I had a band that needed the theme of the jet or the keyboard guitar, I'd be on it. Uh, you would get the keyboard guitar for a Kraftwerk cover band, and you get the Flying V for a Kenny Loggins cover band. All right, uh, <laughs> this next topic is one that we've been talking about for a bit. Um what do you want to call this segment? Uh, Fender and Gibson are not competitors. Yeah. So we get this comment a lot um, with the Gibson 2019 lineup coming out and Ryan doing, what, three videos on it? We've well, done, I did. You've done two. Then I was on one I of them. I did my basically. reaction to the whole line. And then you and I did the video where we talked about the actual and value. Then, and then you did dip switches. Oh, yeah. I did the dip switches. So yeah, I've, done th- I've done three clickbaity Gibson things. Here comes number four. Here we are. Welcome. 
Welcome you to guys, the clickbait. You guys click, and really, you're the one baiting me into making more of these things. Yeah. But I've been thinking about Idiots. this. I've been thinking, yeah, you bunch of jerks. I've been thinking about this a lot because a lot of the comments were like comparing Gibson to Fender right. as far as like buyability and things like that. And like purchaseability and you know whatever yeah, and from a price range perspective i guess um that kind of makes sense right. if you're just saying like well but but the whole idea of because you can go buy an american like pretty pretty good fender for just over a grand right i feel like i need to look um, up the prices you can get it yeah you can get like whatever the current equivalent to the americans the old what used to be the american special which might still be called the american special I want to say it's like 1100, 1200, something like that. The uh, American Professional Series, I want to say is like 16 or 1700, something like that. So either way, people want to say like, oh, the American Professional Series is Fender's equivalent to the Gibson Les Paul Standard. But I guess where we're going with this is like nobody who is in the market for Stratocaster. I, I should say nobody who's in the market for a Les Paul is going to a guitar store and be going, like, I really want a Les Paul. Oh, this Les Paul standard's $3,400. Uh, I'll just get this Stratocaster instead. Yeah. I mean, and the, the concept here that I keep thinking about, like, they're completely different constructions of guitar and completely different styles of guitar across the board, across all their models. Like, no one is saying... I can't afford this Gibson. I'll buy a Strat instead or even yeah. a Telecaster instead. It's just even with the Fender models that are trying for a Tunematic plus humbuckers sort of concept. Right. I don't think those are grabbing Gibson sales. I think they're, I, I think, I think they're a, an interesting novelty for people who would still bought Fender. Well, I, so I think it, I think there's a little bit of that, and I think it depends on the price point. So I would say, like, the old, um, like, what they called the the Fender FMT Telecaster, which is a flamed maple top Telecaster with two humbuckers. That was effectively probably, I think they sold for, like, $600 new. Uh, that was probably, like, targeting the upper-end Epiphone users who were just people who were looking for, like, a mahogany body, maple top, dual sure. humbucker guitar. But once you're in the price range of looking at like a Fender or a Fender, a Gibson Les Paul traditional, like up in that 2K range, like you're not going in thinking what is what is the best Les Paul for my money and walking out with a Telecaster. Right, totally. Like you might be going in and saying, and it, I understand that they're the two like biggest profile brands that there are right. in electric guitar is, you know, like a lot of stuff stems from Fender or Gibson, but I feel like they're so drastically in their own neighborhood yeah. that people don't buy Fender over Gibson or Gibson over Fender. They'll buy either or, or they'll buy both. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say like nobody, like I, I said earlier, like nobody would do it. I'm sure there's somebody who, who, like has because you know I guarantee I mean, I'm, you. So I'm, I'm scrolling through. I scrolled through fenders that are available in Sweetwater, those USA are fenders, and then I scroll oh, okay. through Gibsons, and it's like some of the stuff lines up in the same price point, but right. some of Gibson stuff is wildly more expensive than Fender stuff. Um, but it's still just to me, it's a matter of just complete concept difference and construction difference. Yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, um, and it's not even that one is superior to the other. I've just, 
the general consensus, I guess, is that a doing a set neck build is a little more complicated than doing a bolt on neck build. Um, so, uh, you know, but I've heard, it's funny. Like we had a comment that said, uh, why is anyone using set neck build? Set neck is dumb. Like everything should be bolt on. It's like, well, you know, mm, some people like that and that's fine. You know, um, especially if it's like a long tenon set neck. Um, so you have like the neck is really like set into the body. Deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right word? Long term? I don't know, dude. Maybe not. Maybe I'm mixing up my terms. Um, but yeah, it, it is like an interesting idea. I think that there there is probably some product crossover, but I think for the most part, like if you go into the store wanting a Les Paul, there's a range of Les Pauls for you to pick from. Probably if like you're trying to get a Les Paul with, say, if for lack of a better description like you're trying to get a les paul with fender money you're just going to get a les paul studio and be done sure and i mean really like that's how it's always been because the because 15 years ago the gibson les paul studio was basically the same price as a fender american standard stratocaster it yeah. was right around that 12 1300 price point so it's just always been that way i think the only time fender and gibson are competitors like the only scenario is with people who are completely new to electric guitar as a concept, and they're trying to decide which road they're going to go down. Right. And, and that's then, that's going to happen in either Fender's Squire line up and through their Mexican line. Right. And it's against Epiphone. Right. Epiphone or maybe like Les Paul faded you know les paul special but like the faded models don't even exist new anymore like we're talking about new stuff uh if we were covering used territory then it's like yeah the mexican straps well you can still find 300 bucks are going to compete against you can still find the you know the 2016 2017 faded in stores they're they are new it's not like they all just fell off the face of the earth right but you know what i mean yeah um, but it is kind of like it's a funny thing, and and, and all of this what, Gib- what, Gibson talk okay. lately. It's like always so like Fender Fender's models are kind of all the same price in terms. Sure. And what I mean by that is like this: the American Professional Stratocaster is effectively going to be within like a hundred bucks or so of the American Telecaster. Um, the Jazzmaster is is a bit more expensive, I want to say. Right. Though they have some different model price points in there. Um, whereas like Gibson, you're also again you're kind of all over the map. I think the Les or the SG standard is like sixteen or seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. Like it's significantly cheaper than the Les Paul standard. And really, with that one, that's the one that really throws me off because... I mean, still, I say that no matter the price, because the concepts are so different, right? it doesn't matter. It, that's one of those ones where it throws me off a little bit just because from a build standpoint, the only obvious difference I see is the maple cap. And I, I can see the price difference of a maple cap being like, Four or five hundred dollars. I have trouble wrapping my brain around the idea that it's double. Yeah, um, that's kind of weird to me. Well, I think Gibson builds in different numbers in like a different factory setup than what Fender does too. Like Fender's guitars are very squarely like Henry Ford style factory guitars, right? Where right. Gibson kind of leans more into 
a crafted guitar sure. sort of factory scenario. Yeah, with fewer employees, probably. Fewer employees, but I think a also just... A little more hands-on. I would be very surprised to find out if they were selling the same amount of guitars. I think they work on a different business model. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, looking, looking back through Fender guitars that are U.S. guitars, I'm not seeing anything pop over two grand. Here's a limited edition parallel universe strat that's like the telecell strat and that's squarely two grand i haven't seen right. anything else i over think if grand. you were finding like the elite series i i think right i mean you start getting grand. into like the like the custom shop stuff and things like that then you start popping over that but like i said i don't think the price is even a factor yeah. uh what brands do you think are a competitor with gibson or fender um i think for fender I mean, there's brands that probably compete with both of them. Like you think of like the Schecters and the ESPs of the world. Like they're trying to hit both, right. both kinds of guitars. Right. So like uh, the ESP Eclipse line, which yeah. is made in Japan, is going to compete pretty well with uh, the Gibson stuff, I think. I think, um, no. Who, who is actually, and this is based on so many comments on these videos that we've made, who is actually the competitor against Gibson who – is the competitor grabbing their potential market when Gibson is disappointing customers is PRS. Yeah, and that was the other one I was going to say is Paul Reed Smith because they yeah. have the availability. The, um, they're I think- coming with the, the, the quality and they're coming with the features that people who traditionally want less Pauls right. are going for. And the interesting thing to me about that is the, they're kind of, the guitar they're kind of stratty seen, guitars. Though. The, the guitars I've seen suggested is the uh, CE line which is a bolt-on neck yeah exactly um but, but i think like, like the even the custom 22 and custom 24 i believe are priced pretty similarly to uh the gibson les paul standards so people who are afraid of kind of getting bit by the the gibson quality control horror stories will gravitate towards prs someone was asking me in the comments they're like have you had a bad experience with gibson quality control can you show me like what people are talking about, because it seems like everyone says it, but they don't have actual right like examples of it. Is it just something that we keep repeating as a mantra, like that they have quality control? I don't know that they have quality control issues. I don't know. I haven't actually had those experiences myself. I know that some people probably have, but is are we just noticing it more because it is Gibson, and you know we kind of want to pick on them, or is there a real issue there? I mean, I think. I have definitely played lower end model Gibsons that were, were pretty bad. Okay. Like faded series stuff where I was like, did anyone even bother like looking at the frets on this? Cause they were like squire bad Oh yeah. in terms of, in terms of like sharp fret ends. Uh, I wasn't finding like dead spots, but it was the kind of thing where like you run your hand up and down the neck and you're like, like then cheese you, grater. Then you look at it and you're surprised you're not bleeding out kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so I've had that experience, but with the higher end stuff, I haven't seen it. I just, you know, again, it's horror stories. Sure. And and that's well, I think reputation it, is a big is, yeah. is a big deal. And that kind of thing. And the flip side of it is, you know, people will avoid PRS because because even though they're priced similarly, like PRS unfortunately like does carry like a either like more of a proggy air or a little bit of a, just a snootiness, whereas Gibson is the working man's whatever. Is there anyone now saying that Gibson is a working man's guitar? I think the visual is that Gibson is like a working man's guitar. I'm not saying that's a real thing. I'm saying that like 
I'm saying. Well, I think get, like a, a Les Paul is squarely like this is the classic. This is the this is the double cheeseburger, you know, right of guitars. Like this is the go to classic rock guitar, and I, it's always going to have that's an what, appeal in that way, you know. And that's what I mean. It's like when you so when I think of where like a PRS is like. It may be a double cheeseburger, but it's got mushrooms on it, you know. Right, right. Well, and it comes with it comes with uh, truffle fries. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I think like when I think of so I don't know when you think of Gibson Les Paul artists, like who do you think of? A slash. Uh, think of you know Jimmy Page. Think yeah. of uh, freaking. And when you think yeah. of PRS, who do you think of? Carlos Santana. Exactly. So. <laughs> Granted, like Santana isn't like Santana was just a different side of the. Zeppelin. I think of the, I think of the Lone Rangers the playing Lone... that playing that show that night they got out of the radio studio before they went to jail. What? Steve doesn't. Steve is not following what the is reference. It, is, what is this a reference? Is the movie to? with Brendan Fraser? Oh, Airheads. Adams. Yeah, Airheads. Did they play PRS. Yeah, they had the the Dragon PRS in the end, and he oh, almost okay. he pretended he was going to smash it, and then he didn't. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and and you know the funny thing about that, even as I run it through my head, is like Santana was kind of just like the this the flip side of the Zeppelin coin, like yeah. Zepp, like they were, like what he was playing before, were, like he he was playing PRS relatively later in his career like when you look at right. when you look at santana playing in the prime of his career what i guess probably classic rock people would consider the prime of his, his career his his pocketbook probably says the 90s were the prime of his career sure sure but you know like in the 70s and whatnot he was playing yamahas yeah and i'm just and i'm just thinking more along like there i would say that both of them fit on kind of like the rock and roll spectrum. Led Zeppelin is just more on like a hard, like the hard rock side of it. Santana yeah. was simultaneously both less and more accessible. Also like PRS was kind of one of the bigger guitar companies to go to like visual brands in the nineties into the early two thousands with all like the new metal stuff going on. Right. And a lot of the kind of like harder rock, modern rock stuff stuff happening in the, in the late nineties. And I think they really captured that audience. People who still look at PRS and like, Oh, that's the guitar to get Mm -hmm. the people who are, you know, gainfully employed working professionals now who were young people in the nineties, people our age is what I'm saying. What would you say is, uh, is the, Competition for Fender. Everyone, everyone, like every everyone makes a bolt-on, yeah, strat style guitar. Well, and, and you know that there and, is, uh, there is definitely something to that because of the pushback on the Fender American Professional being what I say, like sixteen, seventeen, whatever. Yeah, is people are now saying like, well, if you're going to spend that much, just spend another like two, three hundred and get a Dano Caster or a Nash. I you mean, know? there's a lot of great builders out there making Fender style stuff. I think their selling point is, and it's always going to be their, you know, the name on the headstock. Sure. And sure. if you want a Fender, you want a Fender. And there's benefits that come to buying the name brand. You right. know, it's the resale value is there, the collectability is there, uh, the parts are there. Even mm-hmm. though you can, you know, all these builders are using parts that are compatible with any Fender guitar, really. Right. And it's like, you know, the modability with a stock Fender is an attraction. They're a completely modular guitar, and you can do whatever you want with them. Yeah. I, I'm i interested to see how these, you know, the parallel universe stuff d- 
does as far as collectability goes in the distant future. Yeah. Like, so will uh, these like really weird, like one-off kind of like they'll never revisit kind of builds, will they be just curiosities or will they have value? Right. You know? Um, so I want to hear in the comments, if you're seeing this on YouTube or if you're um, on the Facebook group, what, what kind of, uh, what you guys think of, if you're considering picking up a Les Paul, like Gibson Les Paul, what other brands are you looking at? If you're considering getting something from Fender, what other brands are you looking at? Yeah. Uh, leave us a Who comment. Who are the real competitors uh, of these brands? Cause this, I, I still say going back to the initial concept, I still do not believe at all in the vast, vast majority of cases that Fender and Gibson are actually comp- competing with each other. I think they cater to completely different players. Yeah. And even if a player has both has guitars from both brands, it's not because they are choosing one or the other. They're choosing one and the other yeah. for different styles yeah. of playing. What, what is it that you always of- say? Like, uh, like, comment, subscribe, Subs- yeah. say, leave us, leave rude us nasty, uh, comments. nasty comments. Support us um, on Patreon. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Patreon, you uh, want to do some housekeeping? We got a couple uh, new additions. Um, Pavel J uh, upgraded to the best friends level. That's a five dollar level where I need to reach out to him uh, because I owe him some swag. The five dollar level is where you get some swag. Yeah, I give you a bunch of new stickers. So you yeah. got stickers to send out, and yeah. I ordered uh, pens. Mm-hmm. I haven't been updated on when those are coming in. But and I then did order uh, them. we had an ad. Not writing the, pens. I mean, like the pens you can put yeah, on your. Uh, pens. You can put them on your uh, denim jacket if you yep. want. And then we had a addition at the one dollar level for Matt Gore. Huh. Um, so thanks, guys, for supporting the show. Um, everything that goes into the patreoncom sixty cycle humcast uh, goes back into the show in one way or the other. So yeah. it's pretty great. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, hit this last ad. This was sent in by Daniel police. Uh, this is a custom guitar, $400 custom made guitar. It's two custom guitars. Blue slash purple glitter top. Is it two? Yeah. There's cause there's a gold one. Oh, and there's another one. Yeah. Custom 12 string glitter top. They're $400 for either of them. So these are roughly in a shape hinting at a Vox phantom sort of thing, Yeah. but also completely wonky and wrong and weird. And the construction is so bizarre. I wish they showed pictures of the side of the guitar so we could see how thick they are. Because in these pictures, they look like they are maybe half an inch thick. Yeah. They look like they're constructed out of either like a poured resin or two pieces of like plexiglass that are like glued together and polished on the edges. So bizarre. If it's poured resin, then the resin is filled with glitter of various colors. The thing if is, it's, inter- if it's two pieces of plexi, like I was saying, then the glitter is sandwiched between them. It's really hard to tell what's going on. Um, it's there's definitely something in. It's definitely at least two different parts, because otherwise there's no way that the, they would have been able to mount the electronics. You right. can actually see in one of the pictures all of the screws on that, the back on the back that you would use to separate the top from the bottom. I really wish I could see how thick these are. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. This is super wacky. At what price point is this interesting to you? Oh, man. I would have to play them first. I mean, I, at, what, I, at what price point do you want to play this guitar? Do you say I want to play them now? I mean, they've they're both listed at four hundred, right? Yes. I want to try them now as they are. I wish that they were much closer to an actual phantom shape 
because that gold one is speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like sloppy construction here catching my eye. I would not pay 400 for these, even if they played really decent, which they're not going to. Right. So, the, I mean, that's what I'm trying to suss out of you. I'm thinking $125, $150 is the point where, like, yeah. I go out of my way that's to be like, like novel, hey, man, I'd, novelty like, I'd like to check this out. I mean, these are very simple as far as electronics go, too. They have surface mount pickups on them. Yeah. Oh, one pickup on each one. And a very on one has a very cheap Harmony-style bridge with no adjustments and a like a stop tail sort of thing yeah the other one's got like a tunematic on it yeah um and then there's just a single volume and tone control obviously for one pickup Mm -hmm. these things must be thick enough for an input jack the rainbow one doesn't even have a freaking have any knobs on it yeah it's missing the knob it's got the pots but it's missing the knobs these have to they have to be thicker than i imagine because they have pots and they have an Excuse me, an input jack in them, so they have to be at least like an inch or so thick. Yeah, the neck on the twelve string looks like it could be at least of interesting heritage. I would say they look like it looks like a vintage style neck on there. Like it's like yeah. from a Tesco the, or something uh, like that. Neck on the rainbow one just looks like it was pulled off of some kind of bolt-on Les Paul. Yeah, it looks like some sort of Epiphone or something like that. It doesn't look high quality, but you don't actually see the full headstock. Which is a disappointment. Yeah. And look at look at the weird edges along the neck joint there. Like Yeah. This mate- I don't know what material it's made out of, but it's super wonky. Yeah. It's super wonky. It looks like somebody poured like this that's what I'm saying. It looks like a trapezoidal right? thing, and then they cut it out afterwards. And in the process of cutting it, it maybe melted a little. Or it looks like they poured it into like a mold that was lined with like a garbage bag or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's not. Pleasant. I don't. I don't hate the concept, and I don't hate the look, but the execution is just not there. And the thing is, is I feel and if like, the execution was there, this could be really cool. And I, the thing that I would say is, I feel like the. The line between the execution being really cool and the execution being too clean to be cool is very thin. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Because you could do like an acrylic type pour and have a similar result, but then all of a sudden now the lines are so clean that it's that not you're just cool like, anymore. It looks uh, cheap. Well, it looks like some sort of weird eBay find, you exactly, know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, um, yeah, I would say like I think this would have to be down around 150 bucks totally. before I'm like shooting an email saying, "Yeah, I'd like to try this out." And even with that, I'd have to have like some kind of specific yeah. project in mind that I would want to use this for. Yeah. I want to know more about it and then I want to make the decision to make my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do it the way that I want to would want to see it cuz the shapes are bad in my opinion. Yep. But the the core concept is fun. All right, you want to tell us about the song so we can yeah. get out of here? Yeah, uh, we're wrapping this up. Uh, this song was sent in by Pat. He says he releases uh, music by himself under the moniker Kipsy, which is a name taken from a Loch Ness-type monster out of New York. Uh, They're start, all over the world. He started these, this project while on paternity leave. These lake monsters. Uh, so rundown of the gear used was a Reverend, Double Agent W, a Chase Bliss Brothers, a Fairfield circuitry accountant, Death by audio reverberation machine and a copper sound pedal Polaris through an orange dual tear and a Mesa 1x12 clone cab. Uh, he says, love the show. Uh, this song is called There Was a There Was Probably Good As Well, which is a little wordy, but I like the message 
of that title. What is the message of the title? That like maybe it wasn't just it's like Darth Vader. Like okay. like you seem evil to everybody else, but there might still be good in him. Oh, okay, I got you. Cool. That's what I get out of it. Looking forward to listening to it when I edit this episode. Yep. Later, guys. Bye. Anyway